Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good evening, everyone. It is Sunday, June the 19th, 2022. It is currently 7.49 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from Abilene, Texas. And I don't know if you can sense it. I don't know if you can feel it. But we are running out of time. We are getting close to having to end our study on the doctrine of the Holy Spirit for our series Bible study exercise. If you haven't been with us through this entire time, you really need to go back. We're running out of time, and I don't like that. I'm feeling a little bit of of panic. I, I feel a little bit of like, okay, what am I going to do? How can I bring this to some kind of dramatic conclusion. I'm not saying that we're out of time, like right at this second, but we are, we are getting there. And so we, I'm going to, ha- well, when I say we, well, we, because we're in this together, the Bible study exercise program. Remember, I don't want you to be a passive listener. You're supposed to be an active participant, right? You're supposed to be involved in this. So I, I'm hoping you're feeling a little bit of that as well. Yeah, you, if you probably, I don't know how many of you uh, attended college, probably most of our listeners have attended college to some level. And you know what it's like when you're getting close to the end of the semester. You know when it's getting close and you've got a term paper due and you've got finals and you feel that that panic. Well, I feel that time and time again for these Bible study exercises because I honestly don't want to... I don't want any of the Bible study exercises to end and people feel like, well, I didn't really get much out of that. Now, some people may say that. Now, basically what I, I, I've discovered something. Basically, those who say I didn't really get much out of that or I didn't think that one was very good are usually the people who have never sent me any completed, any any assignments that I've given, they haven't done them. So they haven't really participated. They didn't really engage in any meaningful discussion. Yet they're like, I didn't really get anything out of it. With, with all Bible study, your especially the Bible study exercises, your participation is really going to determine a lot of what you get out of them. But I, but whether you participate in any meaningful way or whether you just listen or whether you're actively participating, I still want to do my very best that everyone at the end, everyone can say, wow, I got something out of that. Even if all you did was listen. Now, if you if you complain and all you did was listen, I would say, well, I think if you would have actively participated, you probably would have got more, much more out of it. But maybe that's just an excuse. Maybe that's just me not wanting to acknowledge maybe I didn't do as well as I could have. But the goal is that the at the conclusion of every Bible study exercise, I hope that there is like people are like, wow, that was awesome. That was good. I got something out of it. Do I always succeed? No, but that's what I hope. And this one, I just feel like mm, there's just so much to still unpack, 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 to unpack. And I, I, I just feel like that we're a long ways from 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 getting there right i feel like that like the 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 truck still has you know half of it is still filled and we've got to go in there and pull out all of the boxes and we have to unpack it all and i just feel like that we're a long ways from from completing that but i'm going to do my very best this week and uh, look if we have to add well, whatever we have to do i'm going to try to bring this to some kind of conclusion and and in a roundabout way i'm going to really try to start moving us in that direction right now now, I apologize that this morning 
when I, I taught for an hour at uh, Victory Baptist Church. I wish that would have been live streamed. I wish that would have been recorded. Everything would have gone better, but of course the sound system is gone. So I don't know how we're going to work that, but I'm going to make sure that no matter what happens, we find a way to bring this to some dramatic conclusion. So here's what I need. First and foremost, if you have been working on the topical method of Bible study, on the doctrine of the Holy Spirit, even if you're not complete, even if you only did half of it, even if you only did 10% of it, Whatever you have done, I would love for you to just either post it on the Discord channel, email it to me. I would like to at least see where you have, what you have gotten from it. And even if you don't want to send me your work, just tell me what you saw, what you didn't see, what surprised you, what didn't surprise you, what confused you, just any feedback for those who actively participated in doing the topical method of Bible study. Even even if you know you're not going to finish it, that's okay. I'm not going to ask you any questions. I'm not going to put you on the spot. I just want to know what did what what did you find? What did you discover in that process? I know that that was a a massive undertaking, and I, I, it's probably <laughs> it's probably a, a much, but but that's okay. Even if you only did a little bit, I hope that it was beneficial. So please start kind of letting me know where you are this week in that hopefully endeavor, and hopefully it's meant something. All right now, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to kind of take a little bit of what I was going to do this morning, but wasn't able to do so because of different things. I'm going to take a little bit of what I did do, and then I'm going to kind of give a mini assignment for the beginning of this week. And it may not, look, it may not make any sense, but just stay with me. Now, the first thing I'm going to ask, the first thing I'm going to ask you to do something, and I... I know 99.9% of the people who hear me are not going to do what I'm about to ask. You're going to think it's ridiculous. You're going to think it's foolish. You're going to think it's dumb. And I understand. Now, if you have kids, they may think it's fun. They may think it's fun. But it, even though it may sound silly, it may sound like something kids would enjoy, I think it is important for you to actually be involved in it, even though it may feel silly, even though it may feel foolish. Because I think it will serve as a very important illustration of what I believe is a massive problem with how much of evangelicalism and much of Christianity handles the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. Because there's a certain way of thinking. There's a certain way of teaching. I encounter it sermon after sermon after sermon when I listen to sermons on the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. Uh, when I read any systematic theologies, whatever, I'm constantly encountered with this idea that I just think is, I just think is problematic. And I know most will disagree with me, but maybe if you will participate in this kind of a, how can we call it, a, an object lesson, a, a, a living illustration, if you will actually participate, then I hope, that I, I, I hope it will be beneficial. Here's what I need you to do, all right? Now, I don't know what kind of floors you have in your home, all right, but either you will need a broom and a dustpan or a vacuum cleaner. The vacuum, the vacuum cleaner would be the best option. If you have a vacuum cleaner, find that vacuum cleaner. You can do this either right now. If you're listening live, you may not be able to do this right now, but I'll, I will give it enough time that if you are listening live, you can. Find a vacuum cleaner. Find the vacuum cleaner, all right? Make sure it's ready to go. Plug it in. Have it ready. All right? 
have a vacuum cleaner. Then what I want you to do is take, you probably have a container somewhere in your house of sugar, right? Sugar or some like substance. It can be sugar. It can be some kind of spice. I don't care. Something that, well, you don't want to pour all over the place, but I want you to find that. If it's a bowl of sugar, a container of sugar, I want you to take that. You don't have to empty it, all of it, but I want you to take it and I want you to start pouring it all over the floor. I know you think this sounds ridiculous, but please engage in the activity. Just start pouring it all over the place, right? Just pour it all over the place. Just make an absolute mess. I know right now, if you're listening with headphones and your family is sitting in the, in the living room, not paying any attention, all of a sudden they see you grabbing a container of sugar and just start pouring it all over the floor. They may think you're crazy. They may be calling to, to seek mental help. Just tell them, hey, I'm listening to the Theology Central podcast, and this is what they're telling me to do. Pour sugar all over the Your kids may be looking at you like, what are you doing? Your dog may be looking at I don't care. I don't care how absurd it, it sounds. I know. I know, look, I know most are not going to do this. Pour sugar all over the place. Just all just all over the place. And no, okay, I was going to make a musical reference, but I won't do that. Okay, just all over the place. Just make all over the place. All over the place, okay? Did you make an, a big mess? All right, now, I want you to put the container down. Now you're like, oh, okay, I'm going to grab the vacuum cleaner or the uh, broom. No, 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 no. Don't touch anything. I want you to get down on the floor. And I want you to start trying to pick up all of that sugar that you just spilled all over the floor. I want you to literally try to pick it up. I want you to spend some some time trying to pick it up. I, it's gonna, it's gonna. It, I know you're gonna be like, well, it's impossible to pick all of this up. That I, I, but I don't want you to know that. I want you to feel that. I want you to just literally trying to pick up each grain of sugar and putting it in your hand, or trying to wipe it in your hand and try and try and just. Now, maybe the type of floor, you'll be able to get some of it, but I want you, if it's carpet, you're out of luck. You're just, you're, you're finished. But I want you to feel like this, I just cannot do this. I just cannot do it. Just keep trying. Just keep trying. Just keep trying. Pick, pick, just, just try your best. I want you down on, I literally down on the floor. Yes, everyone in the family may be looking at you. I don't care. I literally want you down on the floor. I know people just tuning in going, what in the world is this? This is an object lesson. In fact, I was literally going to do this this morning at church was the original plan, but everything went wrong. But that was the original plan. I was going to, I had the vacuum cleaner ready. I had a thing of sugar ready and I was going to pour it out. And I was going to have one person with the vacuum cleaner. I was going to pour two piles of it. One person with the vacuum cleaner and the other person was going to get down on their hands and knees and try to pick it up. Because I think this is a, I think this has everything to do with the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. I know you think I'm crazy, but trust me, it does. All right. And you're down there, you're trying to pick it up. Are you still picking it up? Are you, are you, how's it going? How's it going? Uh, are you being successful? Are you finding it hard? It, it's not, it's not, it's not working very well, is it? It's not. Probably still have a mess. And even once you think you have it all picked up, even if, even if you were to sit there long enough, you're probably going to look around. There's going to be grains of sugar all over the place. Right now, after you finally, I mean, I want you to really look, stay with it as long. I don't know how long it's going to take you to feel, not to know, but to feel the irritation in your inability that you just don't have the ability. You can use the words, you don't have the power to do it. It's just, you can't accomplish it. Then, then I want you to just, whatever, whatever sugar you were able to get up, just pour it back on the floor. Just drop it all back on the floor. Just throw it all back on the floor. All right, throw it all back on the floor. 
Now grab the vacuum cleaner. Depending on the type of floor, you have to may, may be using a broom. And you can either sweep it up or you can vacuum it up. I want you to do that right now. Vacuum it up, sweep it up. I know this sounds crazy, but I really want you to participate. I really want you to participate. Do, do you see how easy that is? Do you see? If it's a decent vacuum cleaner, it's gone. It's all picked up, right? If you swept it up, it's right there. It's all in the dustpan. So it's just all gone. It's it's gone. It's all picked up. It, it's because you now have you have something. You have you have a, a let's say power to sweep it all up. You have power to vacuum it all up. You, there, it's it's impossible, but now you have the power to do it. Now that is how most evangelicals, most within the Christian world, teach the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. Before the Holy Spirit, you're you're incapable. You don't have the ability. You can't do this. You can't do this. You can't do that. You can't do this. You just don't have the ability. But when you became a Christian, you have a vacuum cleaner and you can just in a sense, you can just clean up whatever the problem is. You can fix sin. You can overcome this. You can overcome depression. You can overcome, uh, you know, lust. You can overcome same-sex attraction. You can, you just, you now have the power. You can keep God's law. You can basically be sinless. Okay, well, they always make some exception, but it's always immediately associated. The Holy Spirit is always associated with power, with ability. For example, now you have, look, before salvation? Well, you didn't have the Holy Spirit leading you into all truth, so you couldn't find truth. You couldn't understand truth. But now that you have the Holy Spirit, well, you're going to be led into all truth. It's Your mind's going to be illuminated. You have power, right? Oh, oh, you, you, you couldn't keep the law, but now you can. You couldn't overcome sin, but now you can. You had this sinful problem, but now it's, it's fixed because you have power. It's always associated with power and ability. We have it. Those who don't have the Holy Spirit don't. See, that person you know who doesn't have the Holy Spirit, they're that poor person on the floor trying to pick up all the sugar grains, and they can never accomplish it, and they can never do it. But you, you, we as Christians, we are so drastically different than them because we have power that they don't have. Now, we don't may not want to say it in such a arrogant or conceited way, but that's what we claim. Hey, they, the world, they don't have the spirit. We do. We do. They can't understand the Bible. We can. They can't overcome sin. We can. Now you look at 2,000 years of church history. Oh, yeah. We can over, We can understand the Bible so well that after 2,000 years of church history, nobody can agree on anything. Christians constantly fight, constantly argue, constantly keep telling who's right, who's wrong, who's saved, who's not saved. That's not so good. We keep claiming that we have the power to do this and to do that, yet Christianity is filled with sin, backstabbing, gossip, slander, sexual abuse. You just name it. Every kind of sin. Now, what some Christians will do is say, no, 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 no. Everyone who does those things, they're not saved because you have to do a lot of pretending because nobody wants to accept the reality. Oh, the, uh, and, and, or, hey, you stopped that sin, but you just ignore all the other sin in your life. But this is a constant way Christians think. It's taught like, 
you now basically have a vacuum cleaner and, and just whatever whatever the mess is, boom, you can pick it up. Keep God's law? Yeah. Overcome sin? Yeah. Finish? Uh, get rid of temptation? Yeah. You, you're, you're depressed? Boom. Holy Spirit now gives you joy. Just whatever. The, you don't understand the Bible? Boom. You have the Holy Spirit. Now you do. We, we make these claims over and over and over and over and over and over again. And I, I have major issues with all of it. I have major issues with every aspect of that kind of teaching. For Again, for so many reasons. One, the whole idea that he leads us into all truth, if that's true, then you wouldn't have 2,000 years of nothing but disagreement within the body of Christ. We would all agree on the major doctrines. We wouldn't even, look, we wouldn't even need commentaries. He leads us into all truth. We would just, we would just read it and the Spirit would give us the understanding you can't even get Christians in the same church to agree on many issues. So clearly that doesn't work. All of the supposed power we have, what we tend to do is, if, if is, we'll, we'll say, well, I stopped, com- I, I stopped committing that sin. But look at all the sin still in your life. You have to start pretending and denying the reality of sin. And it's, it's just so crazy how we can convince ourselves that somehow we have some supernatural power that gives us an ability that nobody else possesses, even though our lives demonstrate a lack of love for God, a lack of love for others, selfishness, ungodliness, bitterness, unforgiveness. You just go on and on. It's there. It may not be, you say, well, I I stopped committing that major sin, and you've got 50 quote-unquote smaller sins still present. So I, I just, oh, the whole thing drives me crazy. But that's the way it's taught. Now, some of you, you want to believe that you've got the vacuum cleaner and you want to believe that you can clean everything up and everything is wonderful and everything's great because you have a power that other people don't possess. You can believe that. But I, I hope that either one day you'll finally be honest with yourself and begin to question the truthful, truthfulness of your claim or sadly, one day you're going to be exposed and it's going to be shown to everyone that you don't have the power you claim. Uh, either I would hope that you come to see it, or B, it's going to ultimately at some point, the facade comes crumbling down. But Christians continue to sell. We, we sell something that I don't think is actually true. Now, we've talked about this. I, I tried to explain this, that when it comes to the convicting work of the Spirit, we talked about the general common conviction of the Spirit in the world before salvation. We talked about the convicting work of the Spirit in salvation. And then we kind of put a question mark. How does how do we understand the convicting work after salvation? How do we exactly do we understand that and all of the questions we raise? Then we discussed the revealing or illuminating work of the Holy Spirit, right? We talked about how do we understand this work? Now, we believe that that the Holy Spirit gave revelation, illuminated minds, did this type of thing in the Old Testament with the prophets, with the office of the prophet, and with basically the inspiration of Scripture. So it was God revealed and spoke in different ways, and clearly in the Old Testament, sometimes it was an audible voice, sometimes it was a vision, a dream, but he was revealing things specifically before the scriptures were completed, 
and the Old Testament. So there was a revealing ministry of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament, and that revealing ministry had very much to do with the inspiration of all of the Old Testament books, because all scripture is given by inspiration of God, and the Holy Spirit moved these men to write. He was guiding and directing the process. So it was the revealing part for the prophets, for for the proclamation of prophecy or whatever, and the inspiration of scripture. That's the Old Testament. Then in the New Testament, same thing, revealing things before the completion of the canon, for the completion of scripture, uh, for for the uh, apostolic preaching and teaching and guiding of the early church, and then for the inspiration of scripture. I believe that has had an Old Testament uh, it, that the Holy Spirit was active in an Old Testament period during the New Testament apostolic era, and that revealing ministry came to a complete end with the close of the canon. Now, I know I, know I was taught in all the different Bible colleges and seminaries I went to, revelation has ceased, but illumination continues, and I completely reject that. Because again, if God is illuminating us to the truth of Scripture, then what? 2,000 years and we can't agree on anything. We still don't agree on baptism. We still don't agree on the Lord's Supper. We still don't even agree on salvation. We don't agree on basically anything. Church structure, ecclesiology, eschatology, soteriology, pneumatology. I can go on. We can just go on and on and on and on. Well, if God's illuminating us to help us understand it, then there would be understanding. But you can have 10 Christians who all have the Holy Spirit, who all claim the Holy Spirit's illuminating their understanding of Bible, and none of them can agree. Well, then what's wrong with the, is the illumination of the Spirit not working? So I, I, I completely, I completely reject it. I believe the revealing, illuminating work was Old Testament for the prophets and that type of thing, and for the inspiration of Scripture in the New Testament apostolic era for the for the apostles and the preaching and teaching, and then ultimately the inspiration of Scripture. So once the apostolic era ended, with the conclusion of the canon of Scripture, that was it. No more revealing, no more illuminating. If, if, if it is, well, one, you should be able to prove it and demonstrate it, and number two, if it is, then, then if, if that's still occurring, then let me tell you something. The, the, the uniqueness and the power of Scripture is completely undermined because if ever if God is giving everyone revelation and teaching us, well, then why do we need the Bible? I say, well, He illuminates the Bible. Well, again, if He's illuminating the Bible, there should be agreement. There isn't three Christians all with the same Holy Spirit studying the same passage come up with thirty different interpretations. You can't get Christians to agree on an outline. You can't get a Christians to agree on anything. You, you can have Christians read a passage of scripture and you're like, okay, what is this saying? And sometimes you'll just like, nope, no, any, hello, anybody, nobody. And they're like, well, I think it could be. And then someone will say, no, it means this. And someone will say, I know it means, okay, forget it. Just forget it. Forget it. Forget it. Just time out. I, I, I'm, I'm done. I quit. So I believe the convicting work, we've talked about that. And that's the revealing work right now. Power, 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 power. Here's what I want you to do. Right? I want you to listen to me carefully. This is very simple. First thing I want you to do, I want you, 
And now there, there's an entire teaching that goes with this. Right now, I'm just going to give you. So I hope you actually engaged in that foolish illustration. It's a little bit silly. It's a little bit foolish. But you, when you get done, you'll realize, man, yeah, that, that, that's, that's kind of how the Holy Spirit's taught. Like, like, if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you're, the, you're out there trying to pick up, you know, grains of salt or sugar, whatever you use. I think I said sugar. Uh, with with your hands, you, it's just impossible. But now that I have the Holy Spirit, I'm supposed to be able to do this, 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 and this, and this. And then you look at your Christian life, you go, I still feel like I'm out there trying to pick up grains of of uh, sugar with my hands. And I, it, I, why, why? So, I hope you did that. Now, this is what I want you to do. I want you to find the story of Samson. I want you to find the story of Samson. And I want you to look at how many times it refers to Samson and what the actions he does, the the displays of power and might, how many times it speaks of the spirit being involved with that display of power and might, right? It won't take you long, just wherever it speaks of the spirit of God coming upon Samson and then what he does with it, right? Because you got the spirit of God, you've got Samson. Clearly, the spirit is empowering. He's empowering Samson. Now, this is very important. And clearly, what you're going to see, I want you to just make sure you find those scriptures. Because here's what you're going to see. I think you, you should be willing to admit this. Clearly, he empowered Samson in a way that he did not empower anybody else in the entire Bible. He didn't empower anybody else like he empowered Samson. Meaning that the Holy Spirit can empower or operate in a certain way at a certain time, and it's not a something he's going to do at all times for all people. There, Because even in the Old Testament, he did not empower everyone like Samson. Samson is a very unique situation. The Spirit comes upon him. He does these mighty, powerful acts, and you don't see that. You don't see that oh, time and time again. You don't see that happening. Why not? Well, the Spirit, because the Spirit operated in a specific way at a specific time. This is very important because there's this mentality that anytime I see the Spirit supposedly doing something, that it's just somehow prescriptive for every time period. Samson is the first, is a great example of, well, wait, the Spirit? <laughs> Spirit didn't do that. There's a lot of people in the Old Testament who could have really utilized that kind of power when they were facing the situations they were facing, even either David with Saul, or we can go on and on and on, over and over and over. There could have been, man, they could have, they could have been, real, that would have been very useful, very helpful, but it, it, it happened right there, and that's it. And you're like, wait, why? Why there? Because it's demonstrating that the Spirit may operate a certain way, and that's not a guarantee it's going to operate always that way. Samson's just a good object lesson. Even charismatics who run around today saying the Spirit of God is operating the same way, show me the works of Samson. Oh, you can't. All right, right. So, so clearly, he doesn't always work the same way. Right Now, when we talk about power, power of the Holy Spirit, Power of the Holy Spirit. Oh, man, I've heard so many sermons on this in my life so many times that now you have the power of the Holy Spirit. You are filled with the power of the omnipotent God. You have power. And a lot of times they do this. Let's see if you're familiar with this. Let's see if you're familiar with this. 
I'm going to go to the Blue Letter Bible app. I'm going to go to the book of Acts. The book of Acts, I'm going to go to chapter 4, and I believe I'm going to go to verse 33. I'm going to go to, to the Acts chapter 4, verse 33, and you're going to see there the, the, the word translated in the English translations. You're going to see the word power, and you're probably very familiar with this Greek word. You've probably heard it mentioned, and I don't know, about a half a million sermons. Okay, here we go. See if you know this word. Strong's G, 1411, dunamis, dunamis, dunamis. Dunamis. We have dunamis. And they will sometimes they'll say something like, we get our word dynamite from dunamis. We get our word dynamite. We have the dynamite power of the Holy Spirit inside of us. It has power. And then we start, they start telling all the things this power can help you do. This power can stop this and overcome this and overcome that and overcome this. And so I've got dunamis. I got dunamis. And so you become a Christian. You're like, yeah. And there's like, here's the secret to the Christian life is you can't, but God will because you've got dunamis inside of you and you've just got to trust and grab onto that power. And then you can overcome this and you can overcome this and you can overcome that. Now, what you either do is you start pretending that you're overcoming all of these things when reality you're not, or you start becoming extremely discouraged and disillusioned. You either pretend, become discouraged, disillusioned, despondent, and many cases start deconstructing because you're like, wait a minute, they said I have this power, but I don't have this power. So you question that it doesn't work or you start calling into question your salvation. You either pretend, you start pretending that you have so much power and a lot of those people who claim it, <laughs> yeah, it all falls apart sooner or later, okay? But they, they, may, get a, they may do a good job pretending their entire spiritual life that, that they keep the, the sins they commit nobody cares about, right? Because in a lot of cases, as long as you don't commit certain big ones, nobody cares that you're committing all of those smaller sins. So everybody will see, see, they got dunamis, right? So you either pretend or you just become discouraged, disillusioned, despondent, depressed, discouraged. I think I already used that word. And in many cases, you start deconstructing, saying this whole thing is just garbage. It doesn't work. You promised me dunamis and I don't see it, all right? Or third, you start calling into question your salvation, I'm supposed to have dunamis. I'm not supposed to be, I'm struggling with bitterness. I'm struggling with unforgiveness. I'm struggling with lust. I'm, I, I, I'm struggling with not being able to submit to my spouse or I'm struggling with not loving my spouse as Christ loved the church and I'm struggling with not provoking my children to wrath and I'm struggling with doing this and I'm struggling, 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 struggling. Why? I thought I had dunamis. Right? I thought I had dunamis and it's like, well, something, something isn't right. Okay, or you start thinking, hmm, Maybe we've been teaching this dunamis thing in a wrong way. So I think you pretend, you get discouraged, you start questioning yourself, which leads to deconstruction, or you start questioning your salvation, or you start going, I think maybe we need a new way to approach this. Now, most people never come to a new way to approach it. They're just out there saying, you've got dunamis, you've got power, you've got power, you and, and oh, and everybody will clap in this church service and raise their hands, and everybody's like, Yes, yes. And then if you work with those people, you're like, Wow, you've got dunamis in you. Yeah, okay, I can tell. Backstabbing, gossip, slanderer. Like you can you see the sins in their life, and you're like, Where's your dunamis? Where's that power that you supposedly have? And then they can look at you, where's your power? I agree. 
I agree. So here's what we want to do. All right. We did this this morning. I thought it was a fun exercise. I don't know if anybody in the church thought it was a fun exercise, but I thought it was a fun exercise. It, and I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quote here from a systematic theology, if I can find where I put it. Give me one second here. Where is it? Um, I think it's in my notes. Here it is. Yes. All right. The word translated power, dunamis, occurs nine other times in Acts. Nine other times in Acts. In one case, Acts chapter 4, verse 33, it is unclear whether this power refers to powerful preaching that convicted the hearers or to miraculous signs that accompanied the preaching. Acts 4.33, there's a little bit of dispute on exactly what does, when it talks about power, what, what power is this really referencing? There's some dispute here in what it's referencing. Now, some people in the church today thought, no, it's right there, but even Grudem was like, in his systematic theology, ah, we don't really know what this, this is referencing. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to go through the book, just the book of Acts. Look for the Greek word dunamis. It's not always translated power, all right? So you may have, if you, you, you may use the Blue Letter Bible app, you can use a concordance where you just look where all the places where dunamis is used. It's not always translated power. Just in the book of Acts, just in the book of Acts. And I want you to see what that dunamis almost, in most cases, I think about 95% of the cases, maybe even 98% of the cases, it refers to something. And when you find out what that refers to, and you know what I think you're going to see? Well, clearly that's not still active today. Clearly that's not happening. Just like what, what the Holy Spirit was doing as far as power is concerned for Samson, it, it's not happening today. Nobody, no, even charismatics don't acknowledge, well, there may be some crazy charismatic trying to claim it, but they, they don't, they're not clearly demonstrating that kind of physical miraculous power. So already that's one example of, well, he, there was something, he, he's not doing that today. So look at the power, the dunamis and acts and you're going to be like, well, that's, that's, well, you, you just see what it refers to. And then, and you're going to have to acknowledge that's not happening today. I know charismatics will claim that it's happening today, but it's not, it's not because every time they make their claims, their claims are fr- turned out to be fraudulent, fake, no proof. And when you ask for the proof, it's not. And then, and then you can just look around and go, come on, if you've got the dunamis to do what, well, how it's typically used in Acts, well, then I, I can take you to a lot of places where you can use your dunamis. Again, I've talked about it before. I worked with someone who, or someone worked for me when I worked in the medical world for 22 years and claimed to have this dunamis, claimed it. Yeah. Never once used it in our, in, well, we worked in a hospital, but you'll, you'll, you can look at what the dunamis refers to, all right? Just go through the book of Acts. I almost want to do this for you, but I'm not. Just nine times, to- I think it's nine times total, maybe 10 times. You can look, it may be 11 times. Maybe it's 11, I don't know. I know, I know it's at least nine, but you go through dunamis, dunamis, and look, what's it referring to? You may have to read the verses before and after. Some of the people in, in church this morning were like, oh, it refers to this. And I'm like, read the next two verses, read the next, and then they were like, oh, okay, it, it refers to this. So you, but you figure it out. I don't want to, I don't want to give this away because when, when it's over, I want you to say, well, dunamis, this power was a reference to this specific thing that the Holy Spirit did. 
And then you can ask yourself, is that active today? And once you say it's not active today, then we may have to try to question exactly what power the Holy Spirit does in us and through us. It's clearly not doing what I believe you're going to see here in Acts when it comes to dunamis. Clearly, it's not doing what it did for Samson. That is true. Clearly, it's not giving us the revelation and the illumination that we see for the writing and the inspiration of the Bible. Clearly, that is not at work today. So immediately, we're going to start going, hmm, then clearly there's been a, a massive change, something dramatically changed with the way the Spirit worked in the old, way the way he worked in the new apostolic era, how he worked specifically in Acts, and today. It's not the same. And it that has bothered many Christians in church history. That's really what gave rise to the charismatic movement. They looked around and like, the church is powerless. We don't see the power. We don't see the dudamus that we see in the book of Acts. We need that dudamus now so the church can rise and have its power and, and save the world and do That's what we claim. But when you have to fake it, <laughs> when you have to fake it, when you're caught when you're caught over and over and over as frauds then you don't have that dudamis the proof is we don't that dudamis is not operating the same way and again i would go back samson not working that way today not didn't even work that way anywhere else in the old testament that's just one example acts go find dudamis all through acts see how it's used look specifically and go Okay, wait, that's, yep, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. That's not operating today. That sets up the principle that the whole, many of the Holy Spirit's works seem to be specific to specific eras of time. Now, I'm not going to use the word dispensation. I'm not going to use that word because some people will reject dispensational theology. So we can set aside dispensational theology. But if you think the Holy Spirit today is working like it did in the time of of Samson, you're out of your mind. It's not. You know it. I know it. And then if you think the Holy Spirit is giving you, leading you into all truth, well, then I'm sorry. Then you claim, then you're claiming infallible interpretations, which you can't, you know you can't. I guess you can claim it, which then just makes you a pope. No, your interpretations are fallible. You're not being led into all truth. If all Christians were led into all truth, then we would all, by the time we get to their life, all agree. And there's no agreement after 2,000 years of Christians claiming that. We have to relook at this. I'm not in any way denying the power of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit's the third person of the Trinity. Holy Spirit's deity. Holy Spirit's God. Not denying its power. Not denying his presence. Not denying that he indwells us. Not denying that any way. But we make claims that he's doing something that clearly he's not doing. If someone, if you knew someone in your church going, the Holy Spirit gives me the same power as Samson, you'd be like, okay. First, we're going to maybe seek some mental help. But you would probably say, well, show us. Show us. Show us. Oh, the Holy Spirit leads me into all truth. Oh, really? Okay, uh, here we go. Let's go here to, uh, let's go to, uh, you know, I could just go anywhere. I could just go anywhere into the Bible and go, what's that Hebrew word? What, what, what's that Greek word? Come on, show me. What's the Hebrew or Greek word? 
Because in some cases, the Hebrew and Greek word is absolutely essential to understanding the passage. He leads you into all truth. Oh, it doesn't work that way. You're going to have to look up. You're going to have to look up the Hebrew and Greek. Isn't that interesting? Hey, what does this mean? The Holy Spirit's going to lead you on the truth. Next thing you know, you see them looking up something in a Bible dictionary or a Bible encyclopedia or a concordance. Wait a minute. I thought he was going to lead you in all truth. I never once saw anyone in Bible college or seminary, and I went to a lot of them going, hey, hey, just give me a second. The Holy Spirit's leading me into all truth. No, no. You didn't study for your final. You failed it. I'm sorry. We claim that we have this power, like a we can just like a vacuum cleaner, just just take, just bring it all up, clean it all up, and it, it, it no, we don't have that kind of power. We claim it, but it's not there. We're, it's like we're pretending. It's like we put on this a cape. We're like a little kid with a cape running around the house, going, "I've got power. I've got dudamus," and it's like. You've got a towel around your neck being held, uh, put together with a clothespin. You're jumping off a couch. You're immediately falling to the floor. You don't. You're just pretending. You're living in a dream world. I think a lot of Christians, I, I hate to say it, a lot of past, pastors sell a dream world to their congregants, and the congregants buy it and, and pretend that they have it. And while the world looks and goes, you don't have any special power. Give me a break. I work with you. I know you. Come on, I see how you act. Come on. I, I look at the Christian world. Look at it. Marriage is falling apart, fornication, pornography use. I mean, just it's a, and I know you're going to say, those people aren't Christians. Well, imagine that. You've got it all solved. Well, I would love to have a, a camera not only following you everywhere you go. I would like to have every record to everything you're doing on your mobile device. And I would like to have a camera inside of you to see your heart, your desires, your thoughts, and your motivations. And then let's show that to the world. And I think you would find out, hmm, not as good as you claim to be, are you? That's why Christians always make this. We've got dunamis. We've got power. But, 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 but. And then we always go, but, 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 but. We can't be sinless. <laughs> but, 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 We can't be perfect. Well, wait a minute. You've got the power of the omnipotent God inside. But, 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 but. And then we start making a 900 excuses. Maybe our just our whole mis maybe we have a complete misunderstanding of this. We got power. Well, what what was that power in Acts? Look up Deuteronomy and see what that power was. You're gonna I think you're gonna come to the conclusion. Oh, wait a minute. That's not the power we have today. Hmm. We don't clearly he doesn't do what he did for Samson. That's not clearly he's not speaking to us as he did in the Old Testament or how things were revealed to the apostles. I mean, clearly the Holy Spirit's not inspiring scripture today, right? So that so the work of inspiration is over. The work of empowering like he did Samson, or I think you're going to see in Acts, you're going to notice there's a lot of things that are not happening today. Well, that not starts calling into question so many things we claim the Spirit is doing. All right. We got a lot to do this week. We got a lot to do. We're running out of time. We're running out of time. Now I know many people will be offended by all of this and claim absolutely you look, you can you can you can pretend all day. You can pretend all day. Pretend. And you say how that's offensive. 
I mean, well, I mean, you've got the spirit inside of you. You should be able to get over being offended, right? And if you, and just let me know, I, this just drives me crazy. The Christians who like, oh, I've got dudamus, I've got the power of God and I can overcome sin and I can over overcome this. And then you email being rude, condescending, arrogant, many cases using language you shouldn't even use. You just demonstrate to me your, your dudamus just as obviously has lost its power because you just demonstrated actual absolute sin, disrespect, and ungodliness in the way you emailed me. That doesn't prove your case. <laughs> that doesn't prove your point. That proves my point. Okay. So I, it's so funny when, when people get mad about this and they start saying things, you're like, you, you, you're not demonstrating the dudamus. You're demonstrating the flesh. Hmm, I wonder why. Yeah. All right. There we go. Acts, the book of Acts, the Greek word dudamus. Look at every place it's used and tell me what, what, what's it connected to? This should be in quick assignment. Some of you probably should already be done. All right. That, that's what I need you to do. And please do the vacuum cleaner, sugar, if I said salt, whatever. Just throw something on the ground and try to pick it up that, and you're going to realize it's impossible. And I think you'll get an idea of what you've been taught about the Holy Spirit. And I think you're going to realize, I don't know if I feel like I walk around with a vacuum cleaner with that much power to just, boom, sin, gone, boom, I can keep the law, boom, I can. Yeah, I don't, I think you're going to realize it doesn't quite work that way. All right. Email me, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. Man, it is hot up here. It is bizarre that it's 8.35 p.m. and it's almost 95 degrees outside. Um, yeah, it was cooler, I think, here earlier in the day. But you don't care about that. But yeah, see, I'm complaining. Do all things without grumbling, murmuring, and complaining. Yeah, that's something I have to strive to do. I wish I could just say, I got dudamus, and I never complain and murmur and grumble ever again. And I love God with all my heart, mind, body, and soul. And I, okay, yeah, I'm still trying to make the point. All right, thank you for listening. Everyone have a great night. God bless.